0: Really?
1: Oh hi, I'm playing my flute.
0: That's hilarious. Is that the kingy contest? Is
1: that a what contest? contest?
0: The man kini contest.
1: No, no. For that contest, I'm going to an island. What island are we going to tomorrow? Oh, going to the town of Apalachicola. That's where they have uh, the boat that you take to this island for the mankini contest. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all set.
0: Yeah? What What kind of mankini did you get?
1: Like a thong. I, I got it years ago from a stripper back in the 60s. <laughs> I've kept it, treasured it forever. Now, did you wash it is the question. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: All right, so Mr. and Mrs. America and all the she-hands at sea. We're back. It's Colony Confidential. Ed is on his uh, U.S. tour starting at spring break in Panama City.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm down here. I'm waiting for the kids going to have a good time, get down on the beach, get into that mankini contest. See what happens. A girl keenie contest, too. I'm not changing sides. I'm not changing. But uh, anyway, having a good time. Weather's pretty good down here. Beach is beautiful. Lily Kardashian is having the time of her life.
0: I expect to see you on the 2020 Panama City Spring Break Girls Gone Wild episodes. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. America and all the She Hands at Sea, we're back. Ed Sheehan's on his uh, U.S. tour down in spring break. There may be some mankini pictures. We're expecting uh, a guest appearance on Girls Gone Wild. Shit is crazy. There's been some uh, rumors. You know, it's always good. When you're Ooh. in the rumor mill, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's
0: been some rumors that uh, people are wondering why we don't talk about pests and killing stuff. Yeah, and uh, we just got to set the record straight. Like we've we've done that. We will probably do it again, with some in our Q and As, and if we feel the need to talk about it. But we just feel like our. You know what I was thinking about that. I, I know you were thinking about interrupting me, but go ahead.
1: All right, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I, I got a brain fart here.
0: Our audience and the audience that we're catering to are business people. And if you're in the pest control business, our hope and thought for you as a listener is that that piece is pretty much under wraps or you have it under control. And you don't, I mean, you'll hear bits and pieces from us as a podcast here and there. And we may talk, we may do whatever. We've done commercial kitchens. We've done summer pests. We've done winter pests. We've done rats, rodents, bed bugs. But really... What is the biggest problem facing a pest control business owner? And it's really business stuff. The pest stuff is easy. The business stuff is hard. And, and for those new guys, they may want to go and take a look at our coaching options. Because while we are about everybody and the business pieces that we speak about are for everybody, every business owner, I think that that is the majority of the pain points for pest control business owners. It's not learning how to kill pests, right? Because you could Google a pest control seminar in your neighborhood and you'll find who knows. Like in New York City right now, if you Googled that, you could find two tonight and two tomorrow, depending on the season. And right now, being February, um, it is... Training season throughout the country, especially in colder climate states, because they're relatively slow this time of year, right? Um, Mm. So, the podcast is not about teaching people technical skills through the podcast. We'll talk about how we've done it, how we continue to do it here and there, but our main focus is on the business person looking to grow. Looking to grow or maintain or whatever, and have the processes in place to have the work life balance. And I think that's what we're talking about about knowing what HR is in your state, in your city, in your town, knowing how to attract the right employees, attracting the right employees, paying them the right wage, and all the other accounting, your processes, you know, those things like. When I started, and look, granted, I had a leg up with you, but when I started, I would have taken this podcast over any seminar any day of the week because it was telling me more what I really needed to know. I mean, we. Right, right. Yeah. You know, most of the people that listen to us have learned how to kill shit before they even got into the pest control industry. I,
1: I know we have that book that I think we're selling a book on all of this stuff, e-book. right? A what? The e-book. What is that? What's on that? Yeah. So we have an e-book. It's free.
0: I know you, I understand why you don't remember that because when people, the FR word, when it starts, you you go deaf. But the e-book is free yeah, on the right. website at com, and it's the secrets to running and owning a pest control business. Go to the website at colonyconfidential.com, download it, and feel free to DM us on all social media at colonyconfidential. You can email us at colonyconfidentialgmail.com. And just if you want to start asking questions, we could discuss coaching depending on where you are in your business. We have a few coaching clients now. We are we're capping our coaching clients so that we can devote the proper amount of attention to each one. So if you're not already on the list or if you're thinking about it, you may want to jump on quickly, fill out a form, do a quick 15 minute intake process, uh, phone call and uh, get it popping. The larger insurance companies of the world don't know how to service you like this because they're cookie cutter nonsense for your personal stuff. They think a $300,000 policy for somebody with a $5 million business is good enough and that's wrong. And when you have somebody like Frank and Phyllis with select insurance, that will tell you this is what you should have. They don't and they there's no hard sells with them. They tell you you're at this level now, this is what you should have. You're at this level now, this is what you should have. And if any of you remember, Frank's podcast with us last year, he spoke about cyber security. At that time, I did not have cybersecurity, and prior to his call, he said this is something you should think about because you're in that realm now. We, we signed up for cybersecurity the next day. But this is what you need. You need these type of people. They're licensed pest management professionals in various states. And then they just know, they know what we're talking about. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. Select Insurance is just the company that you want to be with, you know, like. You can sleep better at night. You Let's can, leave it at that. You're right. Enough said. Well said. Bro. What? Who the fuck was that 609 number in the group text yesterday?
1: That was Kathy Gill. Dude. It was a mistake. What? I typed the name. I don't know how the number came out. I erased it. Either way, what do
0: you, bro, let me listen. Certain things, thank God. See, like, we know what's going on. But you, you're a fucking wild card.
1: <laughs> well, that's true Yeah,
0: so you send a text message with a group text about all types of crazy shit about killing birds And it's a federal fine, $500, 60 days in jail
1: That's right, that's That's right on the beach here
0: I know, and then we ask you who's the 609 number, and you're like, what 609 number?
1: Yeah, I have to go check it, I got it, and then I erased it
0: Bro, you gotta you just gotta be careful. I mean, I had to send my disclaimer if the feds are I was on the phone with Sweeney yesterday and after the whole debacle with the other stock where we thought we were fucking in the black and we
1: went We're we in gold, baby.
0: We were gold. I called her screaming, sell, sell, sell. So for those of you listening that know what we're talk don't know what we're talking about. Uh, ContraPest, which is rodent birth control, specifically rat birth control, um, is a publicly traded stock that we invested in maybe like three or four years ago.
1: No, oh, was, wasn't it, it was it two years ago when we were down in Miami, wasn't it?
0: It was longer than that because I played golf yeah. with uh, two of the people from the company and I didn't know they were publicly traded and I learned that during golf. And we did a little bit of research, and at the price point it was at, it made sense to invest for us.
1: Right, right, yeah.
0: Plus the future of pest control with all the rodenticide bans uh, trying to be put forth, even though the industry fought the good fight and didn't necessarily have the support from ContraPest, which, yeah. which was pointed out by our good friend, uh, Billy Olson from the great state of Washington. Not... Washington, D.C.
1: The state of.
0: The state of, correctly. Uh, So he pointed it out that they, and look, they promoted the bands. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Billy pointed out that they were beholden to their stockholders, which fortunately and unfortunately, depending on what side you're on, that's what publicly traded businesses do. They do what's best to keep stockholders interested in buying stock. But that aside, Seneztech is the company that manufactures ContraPest.
1: The letters on the stock exchange. If you're interested, is S N E S. Correct. Was it yesterday that
0: it happened?
1: Yes, yeah, yesterday. So you broke up I, on all the. I woke up. I I threw a big party. I was going out. I was going to get a second car. I was thinking of a Rolls Royce convertible, and then they told me that you know that there was just a uh, counting trick.
0: So here's what happened: I got up from so what was it? Somewhere around 60 to 80 cents a, a share, right?
1: When we first bought it, it went up to two
0: bucks. Right, it was up to two, but it's been around 60 or no. When we first bought it, it was in it was cents. It was 50 cents or 40.
1: Cents. When we bought it, was yeah.
0: But it was it's been hovering between like the average, let's say sixty to ninety cents, right? So we wake up yesterday and it goes and we see six dollars. And in all of the stock apps and even on the internet, there was no news that it was reverse stock split.
1: We were looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we thought. Right, maybe fifteen thousand.
0: Either way, either way it was a great come up no matter what it was from yeah that $50 yeah. Four to $6 what's that a 1000% increase? We would have been looking at some serious uh taxes as well. Let's not forget Uncle Sam. Nevertheless, that's what happened. Here's the interesting thing. After I spoke with Sweeney, she told me that an independent company has the stock at a $27 price so it's at six dollars now I don't know what it was today did you look at it today
1: hold on I'll tell you keep talking I'm looking it up I'm, I'm having my research department look it up
0: it closed, at five, Let's see. it closed at 565 today to quickly address uh Billy Olson's text or comment on social media we addressed it a little bit um one I just want to thank him for being an avid listener and friend to the podcast as well as us personally um, in business. Uh, I, I appreciate your input and what you wrote. And I think it's a great point that we kind of glossed over because we were just stuck on the stock price. It is good to know who supports us as an industry. In desperate times, people do desperate things. And I think that it's almost comical what they did because of Billy definitely represents the industry, And I think a lot of people will look at what they did with not supporting the industry in the rodenticide ban in California. And it may hurt them in the short term. Certainly, it's going to hurt them. In the long term, if all these rodenticide bans happen, um, it's not going to hurt them as much because they'll be one of very limited viable options. They should wake up and understand who they're catering to. Because the municipalities that where they're testing it and that are buying into their program are the cheapest MFs out there. And us, the pest management professionals of the country and the world, are not cheap. We buy quality products to use them and sell them for a proper price. And that's really who they should be catering to. They should be catering to us as PMPs and the industry professionals, the ones that know what's going on. We all know about municipalities and politicians and how they do things. And it's just the wrong horse to attach your company to. The right horse is the pest management industry and us as professionals. So he made a great point in regards to how they handle that situation and unfortunately how they'll probably continue to handle it because there's a rodenticide man act uh law or whatever bill in place in uh massachusetts and our uh good friends at yankee pest control the murphy are heavily involved on our side from the pest management perspective in uh fighting that bill and making sure that it doesn't come to pass because we don't have all the tools that we would need if we lost all second generation rodenticides. denticides. And when I say that, we don't have all the tools to do it at the right price. We have all the tools which are labor, snap traps, shovels, hammers, whatever else we could use, but we all know labor is our biggest cost and it would raise the cost for the consumer. And the rodent and control rodent abatement would not be as good as it is now because the price point would be too high. And it wouldn't be in anyone's interest to do it unless it was mandated. You know what I'm saying?
1: You know, the thing is, though, I'll tell you. They're doing the right thing for their stockholders. It might be a good thing in a way because they'll never get control with that stuff. It's a tool, granted so, but it's not the magic bullet. And there's there's so much homelessness in San Francisco and Los Angeles that they're scared shit of some serious disease is gonna come out there. The rats are running all over the place. And um even with the, the rodenticide, you can't get rid of them. So now they're gonna take away the poison and gonna put this uh, soil I mean this sterilization in. But if I'm if I'm correct about this, once you use this Sense Tech, you gotta keep giving it to them, right?
0: The product is called ContraPest, and yes, it, it works like typical birth control, where it needs to be ingested continuously. And, but look, and, and look, obviously everybody's got to do their own research. The product is shown to work, and that it has a high palatability, and then it just gets down to your program. And here's the thing, it, it a lot of it depends on the rat pressure, right? So- when you go to do a job, you don't know if there's 30, 60, 120, 85, 72. You don't know how many female rodents there are, right? And then don't, I don't know if this also affects male rodents, right? And that's because I just don't have the proper research in front of me at the moment, but let's, whatever. You don't know the the population, so you don't know how much they're going to consume, Right. So, so you need to, to do it right would cost a lot of money. You would need to do some surveys of the location, which would probably include cameras. um, Or maybe, maybe you could do some uh, of the new electronic rodent monitoring products where you put them out to get a gauge of the pressure. And then based off the data retrieved from the pressure during whatever time period you wanted to use you can guesstimate how many boxes with contrapest you need to put out. And then you would need to say, you would need to develop a program. And this is all doing it right, which in a municipality, you know, it's never going to be done right because the budget isn't there. But this is doing it right. So you would need to gauge the pest pressure, put out a guesstimate of the amount of contrapest that you needed to use. And then you would need a serious follow up. And when I mean a serious follow-up, you would need to decide how quickly you want to go back. And that would be gauged off the time after consumption, so you need to consume again. So let's just say it was three days that they would need to consume again. In your contract for that initial setup, you would need to go back every three days and check every single station Gauge the consumption level, you might need to move stations around. If you have a huge warehouse, let's say 100,000 square feet, and at the northeast end, you had six boxes and all six of them empty, but out at the northwest, none of them are empty, and at the southwest, none of them are empty, and at the other end, none of them are empty, you may want to put more stations in the northeast and go back in another three days and see what's going on. And after a time, that you as the pest management professional professional, think is necessary at the end of your initial setup and gauging of the true pest pressure would come up with a real plan of how often you should go back to replenish that
1: birth control. So, you know, let me ask you something. Couldn't you get some... A general idea of how many rodents you got by the uh, droppings?
0: Yes and no. Where are all the droppings, right? What Are we in a warehouse with a bunch of pallets where they're six pallets deep to the base of the wall? So if they're six pallets deep to to the wall, are you going to be able to gauge the amount of droppings? Probably not. You could start with that as your initial gauge of the rat pressure, but- it is definitely a more intricate plan of action to get the population under control because of the constant consumption. and you know, and you just you really need to be on top of it. and i I feel like we've asked these questions, but we asked them so long ago, like almost three years ago, that the answers may have changed, so I don't want to speculate, but how much can one rat consume in a day? Uh, do rats that let let's say it doesn't affect the male rat? Will the male rat still consume it? Because if that's the case, then your numbers are fucking off anyway, right? Because if it only yes. if it only affects the female rat, you, you don't even know if you're even getting control at some point until you're X amount of months in, and by X amount of months yeah. in, I'm saying how often does a female rat give birth? And then you really have to check the population. And, and the downside is, is that female rat and that male rat are still alive the entire time. So you definitely need to incorporate some other kind of rodent abatement program, whether it be trap. And look, if you really wanted to do the research, it would probably be a trapping program so that when you trap them, you could count male, female And if you really had the research or you were really working with a Tech ContraPest type company, you can send the rats from the location and have them tested to see if they consume the product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which they may or may not have already done. And we're probably getting too technical with this.
1: It's, you know what? It's going to be, it's going to be very labor intensive. No getting away from that. Correct.